This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. This episode does not contain spoilers, but does mention the Dark Olympus series, Clue, Throne of Glass, Batman, and the Royal Tenenbaums. For full list, please see show notes. everybody, and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Radiant Sin by Katie Robert. Which we were fortunate enough to get an early arc of. So this episode is, we're, we're talking about Radiant Sin. We're talking about, you know, everything about the Dark Olympus series that we know so far with by Katie Robert. But it will be just about you know, based on the arc that we received. So that's kind of our disclaimer of what we're going into it. So, Jess, Jessica Marie, <laughs> were you expecting Sexy Clue? Is that where you thought this was going? No, no. I remember Katie. I mean, she does a ton. She, she's really active on social media. So I do remember at one point she said this is going to be softer, a little bit sweeter. And absolutely. Yes. All of that. Um but it was so politically heavy, too, that I think we talked about before earlier, um, before we started recording, that even if you took the like the, the, the soft, sexy, sweet times out of it, it was still such a good like. But, that, that, but Katie's consistent with that. I mean, we we discussed with Wicked Beauty when we counted how many like sexy time up like scenes there were. We were like, how, this was like a hot, steamy book. But there's only three scenes or there was like only two or three. Yeah, it was only three scenes. And you forget because you're like, oh, my gosh, like the scenes, you're exhausted. But this one, it was like they had their time and then it would be, okay. but like, here's where we're at. This is what we need to do. It was you wanted to you wanted to know more. Um, Did you guess this plot right away or was it? I mean, you had a lot of guesses from Wicked Beauty. That turned out to be very true in this one. <laughs> uh, so I had two guesses from Wikipedia that ended up correct and one that was not. So I, I will admit when I am incorrect and I was incorrect about something. So uh, I accurately predicted that the throwaway lines of the the barrier and the barrier weakness and things about the barrier, uh, the barrier was going to be the huge plot line. And it is. It's falling. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I was correct about that. And then I was also just like... The murder clause. I accurately predicted the murder clause that was just like a throwaway line, throwaway line in there that has been building throughout the whole thing. So in this book, Radiant Sin, when it is revealed that Cassandra's parents enacted the murder fucking clause, uh, I did I did a little happy dance. I was just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, I did it. I did it. I predicted the thing. Like, yeah, oh, my I told gosh. You so yeah, yeah, I, I knew like, it. I, I told you so, even though the I that I told was me. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I did it. Uh, so, and the thing that I was n- inaccurate about, the thing that I was wrong about was that, uh, the Minotaur was just like kind of thrown in there because he was in the maze and it was just like a thing because he doesn't have a name and like, what is that? Like, whatever. Uh, he plays a role in here. So I was wrong. I was completely wrong. And I'm fine with that. 
uh, because he's scary and he helped move the plot along. So, and I feel like there's so many characters in this one because everybody is so like, here's the thing. Like, even though you can say that they're side characters, if you've read the entire series up until this point, um, you know that they all, you know, they're all going in some direction. And Katie has confirmed that this is so far like a t- confirmed 10 book series. Um, but some of the characters we have, obviously, ha- this is basically a retelling of Apollo and Cassandra. A um, happy retelling. A, a happy, happy and re- healthy retelling. And it's like, she that's in the marketing re- materials. It's like in everything, which is, and if you're not familiar, like I pulled a little bit of the story of, Apollo and Cassandra. And Cassandra was loved by Apollo. I didn't know it specifically about like how he promised her the power of prophecy um, if she would like listen to everything that she did. And then um, but the problem was when Apollo revenged himself by ordaining that her prophecies should never be believed. She accurately predicted such events like she accurately predicted events, but like nobody heeded her warning. Nobody understood. And I love that that was sprinkled in here, too, because at one point, I mean, obviously, there's spoilers on this episode um, where you have her where Cassandra like confronts somebody and that person's like, you know what? And they're never going to believe you until it's too late. Like all those little sprinklings. Um, also the nod to how Cassandra at one point is referred to Alexandra and that's her sister's name. Like I love the little sprinkle. I mean, Katie's really good at that in general. It also ends on a happy note, but you also know it's the dun 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 before <laughs> more things become revealed in the series. I do have, I have a criticism. It is my consistent criticism. We are consistent here at Akafe, as always. Uh, my consistent criticism of this series is that I get fucking confused about who is who. I get fucking confused because you're, oh. ca- you're calling them by their titles and their titles are their god names, but they all have like, other names but like not really though because like apollo's apollo and we didn't hear his other name but then but i know what you're saying because like do you want me to list out the characters because some of the notes for a good example hades is hades we didn't know right a name before hades but for aries we just read wicked beauty so we know helen is the new hades or i'm sorry the new aries and zeus and zeus is Perseus, correct? Perseus, yeah, he's Fuck. so Perseus <laughs> is now Zeus because his fought because Zeus is a legacy title. Zeus, his father, obviously is like, and so because it's a legacy, it's hereditary. Like it goes within the family. Like he, Perseus becomes the next Zeus. Um, but it was really like interesting because in the arc copy you have, for example, um, there's like a family tree of sorts and it says Eros, which we know from book two, Electric Idol, um, is the son of Aphrodite, but we know his mom is Aphrodite who is no longer here. Not that she's dead, but she's like banished or like bank, like banished. That's what I meant. Um, and there's a new Aphrodite who is Eris, E-R-I-S, who is Zeus, a.k.a. Perseus's sister. So in the family tree, Eros says son of Aphrodite, but we know it's not this Aphrodite. 
I'm sorry for all the confusion. It's just, it's very, it's very confusing. So I would just like, like, a, like a column list of like the titles and then mm. the name of the actual character that, you know, and who it is. And then that that's enough. That's enough. I can figure it out from there. I can yeah. figure it out from there. But like, well, like that's like, like by the end of this book. We don't have Hephaestus's name. We've just always known them as Hephaestus. And now the new title of Hephaestus is Theseus. Right. Right. It's just like, it is <laughs> needlessly confusing when a simple list could fix it unless she's doing that on purpose or she expects, I say she, Katie, unless Katie expects us, the reader, specifically me, I guess, to be smarter. <laughs> and I'm just not smart enough to keep it straight. Mm. I'm trying. Um, but you know, we'll, we'll get there. I have, you know, I have the, the character running list and I try to take notes, but not every, but that's the thing. We don't know everybody's background. Some of them have just been, um, since the series have started because some of these, you know, we find out in Apollo, you know, we know between Apollo Cassandra and this specific book, they are, you know, Cassandra said she's been working for Apollo for five years, but he's been part of the 13 for like, 11, you know, maybe almost 15 years. So there was a time before she was even in his life and in his presence. And she makes the comment of like, oh, you know, he he's made well without me before. He can do it again, kind of uh, kind of thing. And... But we don't know Apollo's name before he became Apollo. We know that we have the four legacy titles still. Zeus, Hades, Hera. Hera by default is a legacy title because she's married to Zeus and Poseidon. Then we have Apollo and Ares, like we mentioned, who used to be Helen. Artemis, Athena, Demeter, Dionys uh, Dionysus, Hephaestus, Hermes, and Aphrodite. And then we have more returning characters that we've seen previously in the series. Psyche, who is Eris's wife and Demeter's daughter. Um, Eurydi uh, Eurydice, who is Demeter's daughter. And Persephone's and Psyche's sister. And also, let's remember that the new Hera is also uh, a Demetrio daughter. So that's something we have to... Callisto. Callisto is the new Hera. Um, Orpheus, which we knew back from book one, who basically lured Hades to cross the bridge because he held Eurydice at gunpoint and freaked Persephone out. Um, you have Patroclus and Achilles is back, are back. Um, Persephone is mentioned, but we don't really see her. Minos, who's the hosting of the whole parlor game, but is the reason why we have the Minotaur, Pandora, uh, Theseus, and Ariadne. And all Icarus. Here. Oh, and Icarus. Thank you. I completely forgot Icarus. Uh, there's a lot of people in this book. There's, just, there's, there's a lot of people. There's and a lot, they're all there's a lot like, they're, and there's an importance to all of them, too. Yes. Murder. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I wish we need a sound effect button. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, but this is a game of Sexy Clue. So uh, how do we get to Sexy Clue? We get to Sexy Clue relatively fast, I think, if we're just moving through the plot, right? Um, I <laughs> How have... do we start off? How does the book start off? How do we get there, Laura? 
<laughs> Jess and I discussed this before we started recording, and I just had a good cackle about it. So chapter one starts off with Cassandra, and she's very professional. She's very professional. She is very put together. She works in an office. She works uh, for Apollo for five years. She has, like, very uh, – she wants to keep her keep everything, like, under wraps, keep her composure. She's, like, desperately attracted to Apollo, and she, like, hates that she's doing all this stuff for him. Like, da-da-da-da-da. Um, she keeps it together, right? It's all in. Keep it in. Keep it in. Uh and then we get to Apollo's chapter. <laughs> and Apollo's chapter, <laughs> this is chapter two. So we have Cassandra, very buttoned up, right? You know, I, I can do this, you know, keep it all to myself. Apollo, I have to fight not to stare at Cassandra's big, perfect ass. Okay, Apollo. Ass, 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 ass. <laughs> so Apollo, our first introduction <laughs> to Apollo is that he's this upstanding, perfect gentleman wonderful like um you know strong silent type really put together just lovely uh from cassandra's point of view and then apollo's internal thoughts are just s s s s it's amazing (laughs) it's amazing it's so fun it's so fun and not what i expected at all at all it's perfect he's you know i get the appeal and you know she even says like oh he's so nice he's so this it's like he has a good heart like despite like how shitty i hate let's remember um i think we should also know that cassandra doesn't think high of the 13 at all um they orchestrated her parents death granted her parents are trying to kill them first because of the murder clause. This rule is not known to the public, but um, you want to live one of the 13, you say a certain clause, that role becomes yours. You become a member of the 13. And prior to knowing this, it was kind of always like, it just kind of happens. Everybody's, you know, it's kind of a schmoozy gig. You kind of, you know, the right people, except you have like Demeter who was like voted for by the people or like I, Aries. I have, I don't mean to interrupt you, but no, this please. is my doggy eared. You can't say it. This is my doggy eared uh, point. This is exactly, exactly what I was talking about. Each position, this is on page 17. Each position within the 13 is filled a little differently. Demeter is voted on citywide. Aphrodite names their successor, which we know upon stepping down. As Apollo, I was appointed by vote among the 13. So that that, that is just thrown in there. And it's kind of like um, another throwaway line. I, you know, it is. It's like a throwaway paragraph. Like, why is yeah. that in there? Because right now, after, it's like, I've been trying to live up to the expectations of that appointment my whole life. Then he gets into his, like, you know, like, family issues. It's like, what? Like, okay, okay, okay. Knowing what we know, having read the book, that feels important, uh, especially oh, yeah. because um, these these have all happened already. So, yeah, and I don't feel like, you know how sometimes some authors can do a good job framing their books as standalones? So there's like some things that are dropped in there to like help a new reader if like, say, I just picked up Radiance in. I feel like if... I picked up Dark Olympus and Radiant Sin was the first one that I picked up. That information that you're saying, that would be, oh, okay, thanks for some insight. But us who have been following it since the beginning, we're like, mm, we already know this. This doesn't, this is, feels kind of bigger than that because we get more insight to that part particularly because we already know from the first book and even the second book it's framed and we understand how some of the roles have come to be at this point yes it's it's very interesting i'm very excited to see where it goes so i'm so glad 
that uh, you were talking about that. And I was able to insert that so seamlessly. Oh, my gosh. Uh, the boundary is failing. We know this. Uh, we know this. Uh, called it. It is, to me, the major plot line, the major thing, the, the, the major, major, major glaring thing that needs to be dealt with. But everybody's dealing with the immediate problem first. Uh, and I find that very interesting. And I like when shows and books do that. No, I you've been you've been saying this for not just this book. You've been saying it for the last book, too, and maybe even book two. I can't remember. But I do. But and on on top of that, um, and we'll get into some of the background of where we're going to lead into like sexy clue in a minute. But um, they're they're making comments of, oh, well, Com- us compared to other cities, our crime rate's a little bit lower or nobody really focuses up from the outside world. We're kind of in our little bubble here. The- there's more conversation now about the outside world and how things happen there. And we know from book one that this barrier, um, it's it was hard to get across because Persephone had struggled and had to fight to get to the lower city. And um, same thing coming back. The only way that there was more back and forth is because she was granted permission. Um, and then by book four, we find that Cassandra is going to the lower city and she just felt a little buzz. Now, part of the reason that she is going to the lower city is she's going to Juliet's, which is this renowned designer that we know Psyche used to go to all the time. Psyche is now addressing Cassandra. Why? Because we have to go to Sexy Clue. We have to do some espionage. Um, and this goes to the Apollo-Cassandra relationship. Cassandra's really professional, even though she has a crush on her boss. Um, she's like, but I'm not going to cross that line. And Apollo is all about consent and like making sure everything is like he's very respectful towards Cassandra because he's like, this is like the only way that I can keep myself in check if I do this. And Zeus is like, let me and let's keep in mind the entire 13 know Apollo has been in love or at least lust with Cassandra for a very 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 long time so he gets distracted he's staring at her everyone everyone's like Apollo stop with the hard eyes um they need to get some you know (laughs) Apollo has to get some you know information and Zeus says let me he's like I'm not gonna make Cassandra do that that's not what I'm here for that's completely out of my boundary as her boss and Zeus says but I'm gonna be the bad guy I'm gonna do the fake dating trope which is one of the many tropes in this book and and Cassandra goes no and he goes name your price she names the price and he goes okay so check you know and like you said check 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 da 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 now Flash, flash forward and we're at the parlor games party for a week yeah for a solid 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 week and how did we get there we get to the parlor games house <laughs> minos's house because minos is throwing a party because he's been granted citizenship because he has information about where he came from and the barrier falling that he wants to give zeus and everybody uh, and he's like bargaining that he's like i'm only gonna tell you shit if you give me shit I mean, like, fair, I guess. Uh, and and he's got him kind of over the barrel. So Zeus gives him all of the things. And to celebrate all of the things, he throws a sexy clue house party. Which Apollo was right about to begin with. Because Apollo, his position is kind of like the spy master. I mean, that's what he's described as, the spy master. Um, and it's kind of hard because... Um, Zeus is basically saying, you know, 
yes, yes, yes. I'll give you whatever information you need. Minos, you could be a citizenship. We can, we'll give you everything that you need. And Apollo's trying to have Zeus pump the brakes to be like, we don't know, we don't know anything about this person. You are, you're getting the bare minimum. He's giving you loopholes. I mean, we find that later with his correspondence with Hermes to even say, hey, so Hermes is like, give me, give me what I asked for. And he finds himself with another loophole. I mean, people like Minos are going to be like that. They're going to, oh, well, you didn't say which information you, you wanted. I just told you I would share you, share with you information you didn't know. Well, you didn't know this. And, you know, everybody around them is groaning like, that's not what we meant. And I'm like, well, this is like the whole wishes thing all over again. It really is. It really is. Um, I want, before we get to Sexy Clue, I know we'll get there. I, <laughs> I do, I do want to talk about the dryad. Because I want to go to that restaurant. I want to see that show. Uh, I don't want to sit where they sat. I want to sit like up top so I can spy on people. But I think that looks amazing. I want to go there. It reminded, the way it was kind of described, it reminded me of a Cirque du Soleil show Mm -hmm. um, that they have in Vegas. I think it was called Zoomanity that I went to. And it was, but they have many other shows that are very, you know, intimate and sensual like that and floating and that i mean even how they were being guided down to like the table in the middle like to me like you said okay that's not the best table that's the best table in the house like which is what they did because it is a fake dating trope at the start of this book um is you know they need to be seen they need mm-hmm. to be seen. I want to be. I want to be on the rim. I want to look around without anybody looking at me. Let me mm-hmm. be the observer. Yep, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. But I do, I do really like that date. I like how she kisses him first. Uh, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you really love Cassandra, right? Yeah, I like her. I like, I like her sassiness. I like her boldness. I love that she, I mean, and she says it time and time again in this book. She's like, let's get one thing straight. Like, you aren't making the calls here. I'm the person who's basically running this whole show. I love, I mean, she pulls an, I told you, I go, we love an alien. We love like, we love an alien baddie. Cause there's this part where she puts on this, like, Camion shorts pajama set, knowing it's going to drive him crazy. And she's like, what? This old thing? Like, I love it. I love, a, I love a confident because there's something also in that that I'm like, I want to find that part of that self, like part of that in myself that I would just love to exude. You already exude that. Don't worry. No, whatever. You do, no. <laughs> we have, we've made it to sexy clue, sexy clue. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I, I was all in on this. I, I love this trope. This is like an old, as Katie said in all the promos, like an old historical, like romance kind of situation with like the parlor games and the hedge maze and like a big mansion, all that stuff. Uh, I wrote down all of the characters that we have at Sexy Clue. We have, now tell me if I'm wrong here. We have Aphrodite, Adonis, Pan, Hermes, Dionysus, uh, Theseus, Artemis, Hephaestus, Eurydice, Chiron, Atlantia, and then Cassandra, and um, Apollo, and then Minos, and all of his family. So Minos, Icarus, Theseus, and Pandora, and Ariadne. That was the name I couldn't think of. Ariadne. Yeah. So those are all the people that are at the house. Uh, everybody's kind of coupled up. Everybody had a, has a plus one. But Hermes plus one, um, Tyche never shows. 
And that's where the speculation starts. Yeah. And you're just like, that's weird. And it's also the, the weirdness does start too when it's revealed that it's like Hermes old house because, um, Cassandra's like, Hey, we used to date like the fuck, man. Like not even in passing. Yeah. But I think. And I th- and I'm dismissing it also probably the same way Cassandra dismisses it because she's like, in fairness, it was almost like I don't want to say it was like a, a strictly physical relationship, but it was just still like kind of surface leveled. Like they cared for each other, but it was also like they were you know Cassandra didn't want to be seen with Hermes. Hermes already knows. Um, Cassandra's kind of rep- I don't want to say her reputation, but because of what her parents, um, you know. Like, they kind of wanted to do treason in a way. I don't know if that's the right thing to say. Um, she, her parents kind of bestowed this reputation upon the entire family to be shunned. And Cassandra's just constantly like, you know what? People are going to talk shit about me. I might as well, like, deal with it and create a better life for, if if not, not for me, for my sister. So she can try to get out of here. I would say what Cassandra's parents did was taboo. And that okay. the, the like shame. Yeah, because I guess it's not considered treason because yeah. it's part of the law. It's part of the law. So like it's just taboo. Like you just don't, you just don't do it. And you if don't you do go after political entities. Yeah. And, and if you do, then you're like shamed for it and like kind of shunned. But like there's nothing inherently wrong with it. it there's nothing inherently wrong with it within the 13 because to the wider public they don't know that this law exists Mm -hmm. so i think that's also yeah i guess to what you're saying it's taboo or to the general public might even be considered illegal because that's why she has all eyes on her making comments on her for a long time because they don't know about this law they know all they know is that her parents tried to unalive one of the 13 and you shouldn't do that like that's you know but not realizing that technically you can and that's what the 13 have been trying to hide this whole time because they say throughout this book if the bigger if the general public knows if they realize that this is a, a law do you understand how many people will try to go after members of the 13 so they can claim that role yeah yeah and um you know cats out of the bag at the end so very fun very fun um did you like this hedge maze parlor game and building from that jess would you participate in parlor games I would participate in part. Yeah. Like, this seemed fun. You know what it is? I, maybe it's because it doesn't seem to occur often anymore. Like, I was always, the, I love people who love a good board game night. Not like, let's play, um, Risk or something because risk is so long. But like, I love a good, let's get, you know, let's get people together and just have board games. I love a board game. I am one person. I don't know enough people who enjoy board game nights. I think this is fun. This is different. Um, I wish they still existed. You know, it seems fun. Um, I like the idea of a hedge maze. Have you been in a hedge maze? No, but I also have so many stomach issues that I'm always like, okay, but like, how far are we to the closest bathroom? <laughs> so, I don't know. <laughs> I will tell you, a hedge, hedge mazes like corn mazes go I was gonna ask from the- very fun to creepy to scary. Uh, it's like a sliding scale. It's very fast. 
Yeah. And they do, and keep in mind, they're doing it because I've done a corn maze. Um, corn mazes during the day are obviously more fun than corn mazes at night. Um, but they do the maze at night. Yeah. And I, and I already pictured it. It was straight out of, uh, uh, not prisoners, uh, uh, the Goblet of Fire. Like that yeah, was exactly oh, how I imagined yeah. it. Go or like it. Tim Burton's um, Alice in Wonderland. Like I was like where my mind was for this maze. It was not like, oh, look at the maze. I was like, oh, this shit is not fun. Yeah, no, very, very scary. Very scary. Uh, you know, everybody's there. You know, everybody's going. Everybody's paired up. Everybody, you know, has has to do their thing. Um the prizes being, you know, uh, Ariadne was the prize, you know. Yeah, well, that's and then you eventually find out that Minos is trying, you know, and I, Minos is just like a shitty parent to begin with. It's like, have you ever seen um, the Royal Tenenbaums? Yes, of course. You know, where they like talk about their sons and then they go, and this is our foster daughter. This is mm-hmm. our adopted daughter. That's what they say. They call one of Paltrow that they just constantly drill in. This is our adopted daughter. This is that's the type of like that's. Minos here. He's like, this is my adopted son, and this is my adopted, and this is my wife's favorite son. God knows why. Or, like, you know, he's just like, if he, like, he's just a shitty parent. Like, we knew that. And he constantly says he's just trying to marry off his kids. Um, and we know that, but it's so much bigger than that. It is so much bigger than that. Uh, one of my favorite things is like Apollo being the spy master, he's sent there. Uh, to spy as one does. And he <laughs> has everybody, um, I, I believe it's Hector, like turn off the cameras so it can get kind of spooky. Hector is like his tech guy. Yeah, like, which is like surprising, but like whatever. Uh, here for it. But um, after they turn off the cameras, they, they start like exploring and that's when like Sexy Clue really happens. <sighs> and then so we ha- and then we have our very first like sexy scene on this couch in this room and they're about to be discovered um i felt like this i don't know like i was not expecting this from apollo like this he I was not expecting him to be like this like sweet soft dom i don't know i don't know why i wasn't expecting that but the way that he spoke to her was very like sweet and controlling, and I do like that. Um, that played well with their like dynamic. Oh, absolutely! I could not get enough of it. Um, I also, Katie in general, when she writes um, plus size female characters, and this is just also coming from you know somebody who, like from a curvy girl perspective. To have the adoration, not just, you know, there is something to be, yes, appease my mind. Yes, tell me I'm brilliant. Tell me I'm, you know, I'm beautiful and smart and all this. But to also, you know, in a society that, you know, we're slowly trying to unlearn um, patriarchal standards in our, and like societal norms, to have um, Katie write these descriptions of like, Cassandra's body being appreciated and you know and there's a line that um he says let me there's a line that Apollo says let me look for it um oh he says you are bold smart and kind and it is a privilege to take care of you tonight and he's talking about like not just like oh let me take it no he's like I'm going to get work done and I it's just I don't see it often, and she writes it so well where you're like, huh, I can be appreciated sexually, not, you know, and, and, and in every capacity. I just really, it was really nice, and you're just like, oh, this is so sweet. 
let's get to it now. Yeah, and and you know there is there's just like so much politics here, and I think only like again three three ish. Yeah, and even after their sweet times, they're like, okay, but we, we can't get distracted. We have mm-hmm. to we have to focus because otherwise, I mean, they do say they're like. We have to like like they make a comment. They look over at the clock and they're like, "There really isn't any time." Like as much as we'd love there to be, we can't, you know. Or when they're doing, you know, when they're doing their parlor games during the day, they go, "All right, but you got to wait till nighttime when we're all on lockdown because you know that's essentially what it is now that the cameras are down." They're, Cassandra's already being threatened. So he's like, okay, at least we stay in the room. We know it's not, but well, they debugged it because it did have cameras. It did have, you know, they do all that. Um, but you could take, but again, you could take all those moments out and it's so politic heavy. Like you want to, I want to know more. I'm excited. I'm and grateful and thankful that we have this arc, but I'm also like, we have to wait over a year. <laughs> So long. Uh, uh, You're saying people are are threatening Cassandra. The Minotaur is threatening Cassandra, kind of, sort of. And Hermes, like, straight up, like, warns Cassandra off. She's like, uh, a couple times, but this first time, she's like, you know, you shouldn't be here. Like, Tegi didn't get here. Like, you should leave. Like, you know, leave. Well, the Minotaur does it at night in the hallway. Before that, after the hedge maze... Um, Minos has the one-on-one with Apollo and he makes a couple comments and he goes, are you, th-, you know, and Apollo goes, are you threatening me? Are you threatening Cassandra? And he's like, you know, he's like, I'm just saying, you know, he never said no, but he never said yes either. So he just, you know, he, he's very, mi- Minos as in the he is very mindful with what he's saying. And, um, so by the time it's Hermes making the comment to Cassandra, that's the that was like the third strike to be like, okay, what the hell is going on? Or, you know, when the Minotaur is like, hey, let's go for a walk by this lake that I'm going to push you into. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like, really? Really? Okay. Good decisions all goes, around. <laughs> I love Cassandra. She's like, you're going to, if you're going to kill me, you're going to get away with it. But I could scream really loud, too. I can scream really loud. I'm going to make it everybody's problem. Everybody's problem. I love it. I love it. I like this, uh, you know, this just mention of Pandora. Everyone's like, yeah, we don't know who the, she is. She's really pretty. We don't know anything about her. Mm-hmm. Hermes calling, Hermes calling, um, Cassandra out or Cassandra's like, Oh, it's so nice to meet you. And Hermes is like, you're a nasty bitch till someone pretty is in front of you. And I'm yep. like, girl, same. <laughs> I totally get it. It was, it's too funny. It just, uh, so obviously there's just like a lot of politics. There's a lot of like snooping, a lot of like, you know, things are, things are happening. Conversations are happening. Uh, there's a sexy game of hide and seek. Very fun. <laughs> I, I was like, what? And I go, oh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, sexy hide and seek. You know, um, Cassandra and Apollo end up in Ariadne's closet and get caught. Um, and Apollo says like, we're going to get caught. It, like, very fun. Very fun. They're very fun together. I yeah. Think. I think. And they even say, like, he says it. Like, he views her as a partner the whole time, you know. And I don't want to say miscommunication trope. But when they're each having their internal dialogues about the other person, he's like, how can I not be enamored with her? Like, how can I not love this person? She's everything. And then there's a part where, you know, they're on the floor and 
he she was like kneeling before him and he was standing up and I guess he came down to be at her level to like kneel with her but she raised up on her knees he's like of course she met me like she's my equal in every way I remember but you that, know yeah. that Cassandra just doesn't see that about herself just yet because her sister knocks some sense into her later in the book because she's so hellbent on down with the 13 and down with this fucking city I can't wait to get out of here like she's so focused in that regard um and also now that I'm thinking about really interesting that she's so she hated her parents ambition for this role and obviously there's a lot more to unpack there obviously like they tried to unalive one of the 13 and of course like her the, the, her current like trajectory in life is what's happening but that same ambition her parents had, it's the same ambition that runs in her to get out. Just because it's not for a, a position of power doesn't mean that she's not ambitious. And I don't think she recognizes that about herself. Right. She's yeah, she is very ambitious. She is very like set in her goal. Her goal is to get out. Um, she's also like blinded by that goal, too. And she does not take in her sister's feelings in any consideration when she's been planning this uh, this whole time. Which we'll get to in the end, um, but it, I loved, I loved that. That was just, that was amazing. That was amazing. Um, we are up to Pan. Pan is dead, sort of, in the library with a marble turtle's head. And Pan, we didn't bring up earlier, is the owner of the Dryad, which is the restaurant. That he was. It's like a really elusive restaurant that somehow, every, like, you know, if you're a member of the 13, basically you're finding a table one way or the other. And Pan was Dionysus's plus one. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, Pan is not dead. I, I really loved this. Everybody's uh, standing there. Uh, Eurycity is screaming. They, uh, you're seeing Chiron uh, find him. And, um, Cassandra and Apollo come running in, right? And everybody's standing there frozen. And Cassandra just like barrels in and starts like checking for a pulse while everybody is standing there like screaming. And it was just like, yes, finally, somebody do that. Um, people don't do that enough. No, I think people are just, but I think that's part of the whole like fight or flight. You you know, people can say that they're one way in a situation. Oh, I'd be like this. I'd be like this in a situation. You don't Until know. you're actually in that situation. I think it's easier said than done. Um and she's the first one where, like, it's funny because, like, everybody else is frozen. And she's like, no, no, no. We don't know. We don't know. Um, even though later on, the it's opposite the reverse. happens. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and and that is when her – and I said this to Jess earlier before we started recording that I was getting annoyed with Cassandra with her internal dialogue about, like – Oh, the 13 are so different. They're so much like apart from us. They're monsters. They're cold. How can you watch somebody like almost die in front of you? And like, you know, you just like go to dinner and just like forget about it or whatever. But it's like, my dear, you, you know, this, you are completely aware of this. You work for one of them. Of course, like the nice one, but still like you, they covered up your parents' death. You've been screaming. You know, this is part of the myth that Kitty you know, put in there. She's been screaming for years that the 13 killed her parents and nobody believes her, of course. Um, so it's like, okay, okay. The police, like there's a line, like the police, she went to the police and they laughed her out of the station. Yeah. Like nobody was going to believe her. And it's also really funny because at this point in the book, Cassandra has dated two of the 13. 
Yes, she has. Like she's yeah, she's she's been with Hermes and she's been with Apollo and she there there is a a small moment where she recognizes she's like okay they're clearly the exception to the rule. Yeah, and I think her opinion of Hermes changes at the end of this book a little bit too. Yeah, um, but you know, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, but this this situation is what you said earlier in the episode. Um, when Hermes is warning off Cassandra, it happens like right here. Um, she's like, Hermes is telling Cassandra. I don't know if she's like confessing. I don't remember specifically more or less, but she's like, look, no one's going to believe you. No one's going to believe you. Like, is this after she finds Hermes with Minos or is that the part you're talking about? Because that's think. when she says no one's going to believe you. She's like, you'll never get away with this. And Hermes is like, no one's going to believe you except Apollo. And by then it'll be too late. This, so Hermes saying um, no one will believe your warnings happens before the blindfold game. Okay. So, and she. Okay, so they, she didn't see Minos yet because she says it again later. Yeah. Because, because it's after the blindfold game that. That, um, that she, she goes confesses, yeah. yeah, and she confesses. But so this is this is Hermes now second warning. So I think she does it like for like th- in threes. So this is Hermes second warning before the blindfold game. That and that's part of the conversation where she is saying like I'm such an idiot. Like I don't know what why I didn't think Apollo would bring you as his plus one. Yeah. This is when she's calling her out, like calling her out on her shit to be like I know you like him. That's not what this is about. Like. It's the bigger picture, and that's where, like, things are being... Okay, but it's before the Minos of it all. Yes. And then the blindfold game. Um, I could not. I would rather die than play this game. I would rather die than touch all those people's faces, and I would rather die than do it in front of them and try to guess who they are. And also, it would take so fucking long. Aphrodite is the one who... Hermes got them all right. Which makes sense because she's a little, you know, know, you know her, like she sneaks around, she snoops, she knows everybody. Aphrodite was, or no, Cassandra was second place. Mm -hmm. She said that she got them all but one right, Apollo said. Um, Aphrodite got a a couple people confused. I think she got Eurycity. She confused for Artemis. Um, Of course, Artemis is like, because nobody likes the Demetrius sisters. Um, And then Thanos and Minotaur confused. I don't think I'd be good at it. Like, even when Aphrodite's like, oh, this is Adonis. I'd know his smile anywhere. And, like, I'd, I don't know. I, old college, you know, Jessica would have been, like, making out with everybody to be like, oh, I wonder who this is. It's like, who are you? <laughs> I, totally I don't know. That person. Let me try here. <laughs> I'd be, like, up in the, like, ears, like, got earrings on, like, all, all up in the hair. I'd be like, what's your hair like? Ooh, like... I would be lost. Apollo is trying to be like, I don't want to touch anything that wouldn't just that wouldn't be consented to be touched. And I'm like, no, no. that's not what I would be doing. Oh my god, just... I would be... <laughs> uh, probably would be like Aphrodite, feeling up on everybody. I just, I just could not, especially like in front of everybody. I would just be like, you know what, fuck this, and I, w- I would peace out. Like I, j- I just, I could not, but. I'm surprised that more, you know, how, you know, at, you know, before anybody participated, they always had the disclaimer of like, whoever doesn't want to participate in this doesn't have to. I'm surprised more people didn't sit out. But I, I think am it's, too. 
But I wonder if it's like the bravado that the 13 had, because they were also constantly saying, we're untouchable, nothing could happen to us, blah, blah, blah. Like, foreshadow. That was, I know. Like, the first time it said that, you're like, oh, <laughs> you're like, oh it was just my like, God. Even Cassandra was like, oh, my God, their egos. Um, and I feel like that right there is why they didn't. Because there's even something that Aphrodite was like, this is tedious. This is so stupid. And Minos said something and she's like, well, I guess, I guess it seems fine. Like she totally changed her tune. And she, oh, cause he was like, yeah, you can leave. You can oh. leave. And she was but like, you don't want to leave. Yeah. She's oh, like, but I think she also didn't want to leave Adonis. Adonis. Theseus. Yeah. Theseus. Yep. Uh, we're up to Minos. Uh, my note is Minos um, humiliates Icarus because he does. Yeah. And and that's in Apollo's chapter. And Apollo is like, I watched many parents like humiliate their children, but like this is one of the worst. Uh, and he was um, Icarus humiliated by Minos. And then and then we get we're, we're getting into the plot. We're getting into the reveals like fucking finally. Right. Like um, so after the blindfold game, uh Cassandra follows Hermes down the hallway into this into the bedroom through the secret door and she overhears Hermes meeting with Minos and that is where we get all of this information right we get it well, yeah and well let's remember right before this game that um that her and Apollo were talking and he goes you need you need to get her solo and because Cassandra said like she's not going to talk to both of us so then they were going to get before at the beginning of the blindfold game and Apollo said like no 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 not now and she looked at him like fucking stupid like I know not now and so then after the game he's like he was looking for her to be like oh go talk to her she noticed that she was already gone he was like oh she's already on top of it sweet so now we're thinking at that moment oh they're already off till we get to her chapter like you said in the reveal and that's not what's happening like uh hermes is on her own mission not expecting to have like this one-on-one with cassandra yeah and we get all of all of the reveals from hermes so hermes and minos as we said in the beginning of the episode we're full circle here uh have been working together for months to get him into the city his benefactor is the goal the benefactor is who hermes is after um so they want to enact the the clause. They want to just wipe out as many of the six as they or as many of the thirteen as they can. Um, I believe how many are here at the party? Six. It's supposed to, oh six six people from the thirteen are at the party. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they want to have they want to wipe out three of the six thirteen that are here. Yeah, it's Hephaestus, Artemis, Hermes, Apollo, Dionys- uh, Dionysus, and Aphrodite. Yeah, and they're going after Artemis, Hephaestus, and Aphrodite because Pan was supposed to um, be Aphrodite and Icarus says that he mixed up Aphrodite and Pan and that's why Minos is so angry and that's what he tells Hermes in the secret meeting that Cassandra overhears. Uh, after Cassandra gets all of this, she goes like white and, um, she, she gets out of the, the tunnels and Hermes catches up with her like right away. She's like, you know, you were eavesdropping. I knew that you were. And then they have another kind of like, I didn't think you would be here kind of situation where it was just like, you know, uh, why, like, why are you doing this? And she's like, you know, you don't really, you don't really know me yeah. very well. Yeah. And she was also like, I, ha- all she would say was like, I have my reasons. Yeah. 
And like, we don't know what the reasons are. We clearly know that she's trying to get information about somebody. We don't know who this person is. We know it's a benefactor. We know it's a she. We know it's somebody who Hermes specifically wants information on. We don't know why. We don't know if it's a personal thing. We don't know if it's this political thing. There's, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Um, but at this moment, everybody's focusing, like, you know, you kind of think, you can't, depending on how you read it, uh, Hermes can be framed to be, you know, a bad guy of the 13 because it feels like she's going against the 13 because at no point, and they explain in the email exchange that Hermes is like, but she didn't say no. Well, and I was thinking Hermes has kind of like a Valentine situation here because she's like, no, don't you understand? Like, I'm doing change like this is change, you know, and because Cassandra's like, they're all going to hate you for this. They're going to know that you fed them information. They're going to know that you're the one that told every, you know, that you told him about the clause. Everyone is going to know that you did this. She's like, yeah, they might hate me now, but like they'll see in the end that it was worth it. And it was just like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. That just seems kind of brainwashy right you know and other things that we've read um where you're like you don't understand like if yeah like you said with like valentine you're like you don't understand he's the greater good like you have to see it from what we're seeing like you're like are are we sure or is there so but i mean we don't know anything yet so it could go either it really could go either way where we're like do you see something that we don't see because how you became Hermes, you dropped bombs on everybody about information that you had and everybody, not anybody was going to contest it. So they were like, you're, you're, we're, we're not even going to question it. You could be Hermes. That's okay. You're Hermes now. I wonder maybe there'll be a double cross. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We have to wait so long. Uh, what we don't have to wait for is, uh, Theseus killing Hephaestus. We'll get there. But, the Minotaur goes after Artemis, and that was very scary. That was very scary. That was very scary. But Artemis is a bad bitch and, you know, get, gets out of that. Well, and once they, because at this point, like you said, her face, like, Cassandra's face was white. Apollo was like, what's going on? And she just, like, word vomited everything. She's like, we got, we have to get the fuck out of here. She's like, I got to, one, appreciate. I got to change my shoes. Yes. Yeah. Good girl. We changed our shoes. I love this about us. And, um... And then they're like, we got to run. We got to warn everybody. And they're like, we'll split. We'll save more time. And he's like, are you? No, we can't split. Like, you are also going to be under attack because, as we know, at this point, a lot of the like plus ones are being attacked too. So he's like, no. So they're like, fine, we'll go here. You go first. And Hermes is like, you're not going to get to one both at the same time. It's very, very Batman. Very Batman. So we see, you know, Artemis and Minotaur and. Like, they, good for them. They were like, watch out. They knew they couldn't get there, so they projected their voices. They yelled, and she dodged, and she swam away. And now they're like, let's go to the garage. And you had to get Hephaestus and um, Theseus. And there we go. He's beating the shit out of them. Just, geez, very, very, a, a little bit more graphic than I was expecting. Just, like, just, wail, just wailing on him, right? Just poor guy. Um, Theseus kills Hephaestus and then has like a, a little like fist fight with Apollo. Um, and Apollo knocks him out, knocks him out cold. 
Uh, yeah, after he almost, like, Theseus was going to kill him. And yeah. then let's not forget that Cassandra's like, not for the love of my life. Um, and grabs a tire iron mm-hmm. and tries to, like, go at it with him. And it was just enough, even though she didn't, like, you know, didn't completely, un- like, he wasn't really harmed, but it was still enough time to pause for Apollo to get his bearings, too. Yeah, knocked him out cold before he could make any of the claims. So Apollo's like, watch him. I gotta, I gotta tell literally everyone everything right now, which I do appreciate. He just like gets on the phone and is just like, everybody it's no waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I have two questions that I wanted to ask you about and I was waiting to, to have this waiting for us to record my first question and i i know that there's probably like bigger conversations when cassandra sees that hephaestus is knocked out she doesn't know that he's dead yet because they haven't done the check um and you have theseus knocked out too if or when theseus was fighting apollo if she knew he was not going to be able to survive my first question was why don't you be the one to quote unquote put your hands around his neck so it almost like from a like a perceptive perception thing you quote unquote killed him even though he was already dead but you were the last person to touch him and make the claims and do the whole thing and then you're Hephaestus and then give it to somebody figure that shit out later but that way it doesn't go to the worst of the two evils in your head because even though she's like I don't fuck with 13 she there's also something it's like when you're at an employer and you might not like the employer or maybe who you're working with but it also feels like I at least know what I'm walking into like if I know this person's working I know what kind of day it's going to be or you know I I I know even on the worst days what the worst days are going to be like, as opposed to going to a new employer where there's this unknown factor. Like, it could be worse because, you know, grass is always greener sometimes, it feels like, in those situations. What, (laughs) I guess, like, one of the questions was, is there a reason that you could see that that wouldn't have been? Oh, like, why she didn't do that? Yeah. Why she didn't do that? I think it just goes to illustrate the fact that uh, she is different from the thirteen. And she like won't go to those levels, right? And that, and her first instinct isn't that because she isn't like the thirteen. She's like separated herself from them this whole time. Because I think, like in my head, I was thinking, like if it were me, I don't want the role, but I don't want him having the role. So let me. It's like when you also buy a concert ticket, you're like, and it could be like out of state. We're like, we'll figure out the logistics later just get the ticket and we'll figure it out so i'm like just be the person who quote unquote kills him even if he's already dead and then we'll figure out the 13 hierarchy later but then I here's my wait question. here's my question to you why didn't they just fucking shoot perseus or, that was or my, theseus in the fucking face that was my second question because then my like the other thing she had the tire iron in his hand when he was coming to while he's started speaking the words knock him the fuck back out again or if he happened to die he dies i was so confused that second part that was the other question that i was going to ask you i was like there were there were two ways or multiple ways that this could have been handled so none of this happened none of this and maybe that's like to what you said it 
The reason that Apollo didn't kill Theseus is because they wanted to question him more and look where I'm so much different than the other 13. I don't know. At that point, like, it is self-defense. He was about to kill you. I don't know. I w- and, you know, Apollo could have been like, you know, <laughs> when he could have been like, we're going to let you, t- you're not going to talk. We need to get information from you, blah, blah, blah. So I'm sure, like, that's maybe where Apollo was thinking. But, like, no. Because no. you know what? Like, you no. wouldn't have gotten any further because he wouldn't have said anything. Mm-hmm. I just, th- there were other ways <laughs> this could have gone. Um, and none of them, like, I-, I don't know. That's what I would like. I would have been that person. Yeah. Like, it just kept going. You were not waking up. Yeah, right in the jaw, honestly. You tried to kill me. I don't know. No. Yep, yep, yep. That that whole thing. That that whole thing. That whole thing. But it is what it is that we get Theseus as Hephaestus. Uh just tell me about this confrontation with the sisters. Oh, um, well, you have part one where Cassandra is like, Hey Alexandra, just telling you, like, a lot of the shit went down. Um, but it's fine, we're getting out of here. And well, Alexandra's like, what do you mean we? Like, you, I totally, your hate for the 13 is completely valid. I get it. Like, that, you have had, like, one MO the entire time. But, like, my life is here. I went to university. Like, you're not considering all of these other factors, which is, you know, it kind of reminds me of the Book of Azrael with Diana and Gabby, where she it's was like, immediately you- what I thought of. <laughs> where she's like, you have this whole plan that you orchestrated in your head. But I've told me you didn't tell me because I mean even Cassandra was like, but your your credits are going to transfer anywhere. We're good. We got we got millions of dollars. I got you. And she's like, I I love you, but no, like I created this life for me because I wanted to make the best out of like this shitty situation. And then she was like. But what about you? You love this guy and you're just going to leave it? And she's like, well, that's what this is about. And she's like, quit playing martyr. And then she was like, okay, martyr. Got it. She was, And she like, and she held her sister accountable, which I really respected because then her sister's like, okay, that's, that's your one reason. Next one. We'll go through them all. And then she's like, and then the 13 and blah, blah, blah. And I just can't do it. And her sister checks her again. She goes, you're telling me you can't do it. You've been doing it our entire lives since our parents tried to unalive one of them. Since you started working for Apollo, she goes, you have a relationship with every single person in there. Whether you like it or not, you have been swimming. You think you can't do it, but you've been doing it this whole time. So figure it out if you want to be happy. That's on you. It was very nice. It was very refreshing. We love that shit, right? Like, like, come on. We love when a character gets, like, the wool ripped from their eyes. Fantastic. Yeah, and it's not like, and it was never, and not once is it ever in a disrespectful, we're fighting kind of way. It was like, no, like, look at this other person. And she's like, fine, like, you're so smart. Like, when did you become the person who, you know, gave all the advice? And she's like, you're the person I've been looking up to my entire life. Like, I mean, but that's so easy to say because we're all, I say we all, like, obviously not all of us, but like a lot of us, it's so much easier to give advice when then take your own advice. I think that's, it's natural. Sometimes, you know, it, it just is, you know, you're like, oh, like, if only I took the advice that I gave to others, life would be so much easier. You know? That's so true. That is so true. Uh, the advice you give to others, um, happily ever afters. How do we feel about happily ever afters? Well, I... We've said in our Cricket the Series episode, everybody's happily happily ever after is different for everybody. 
I feel like in the case of this book, the last line is literally our happily ever after starts now. Like, that's the last line. Um, Katie also only writes happily ever after, so we know this. Um, I feel like it wrapped here really quick because it was like, oh, wait, we're at the end of the book. Let's just close the Apollo Cassandra chapter here because we have this whole other thing. We've got to focus on the politics. And there's this whole other book because the way this book also ends is we need to get the public's eye away from the whole. There's a new Hephaestus, how it happened. What does the public love? A scandalous match. We're going to and Aphrodite throws herself in. She's like, I'll fucking do it. I'll do it. I'll marry him. Marriage of convenience. Even though we know from this particular book, Radiant Sin, she has like this tumultuous relationship with Adonis. They're on again, they're off again, but she's always jealous of whenever he's around Theseus. But now we know with the follow-up book, which will be A Cruel Seduction, it's book five of the Dark Olympus series. And Katie, this is all on her website, and Katie's been, you know, very vocal about it on her socials. It will be like an MMFF open poly, open relationship, and it's centered around Hephaestus, Aphrodite, Adonis, and Pandora. And this Hephaestus that we know is Theseus, who is, and we already know from this book that Theseus and Adonis have been like already really like touchy, touchy, flirty, flirty, and Aphrodite is not having it right now. Yeah, at all. She is, she is not. She's just a, a jealous, jealous person. I'm very excited for that next book to see what happens there. I just, I think it goes without saying that you really like this book. Yeah. I love, I feel. I love this book. Of course, I love this book. I feel like every time, and I told you this before we recorded, every time we get a new Katie book, I'm like, this is my new favorite. This is a good one. This is, but I want to know, I know when we read the first two, you're like, look, between the uncons and Electric Idol, Persephone and Hades were still like your couple. Do you have a favorite? This is like a two part question. Do you have a favorite book? That's like your favorite political book, like, you know, political intrigue book of the series so far that and do you still have a like have have your favorite books changed? Have your favorite couples changed? Are they one and the same? Like, I feel like you still like Hades and Persephone. Excellent question. I like their book the best. I like their book the best because it's the intro to the world. Uh, We get a little bit of politics, but we get a little bit of, um, I don't know, just kind of like atmospheric stuff. And, you know, we get um, the introduction to the city and Hades. You know, it's it's an easy introduction. I like it a lot. Um, I... I'm not going to say that I like the later books better because I don't know where it's going yet. Mm. Um, You're so so good about that. You're so good at that, like, (laughs) control. And I'm like, it's like, you know, nobody wants me to be a critic or a review because five stars all around. Well, not all the time, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Very, very, very true. Very true. That's that's neither here nor there. Uh, My favorite characters uh, have changed. Uh, I really like Helen. Helen is my favorite character. I guess that would be Ares. Um, Ares and Patroclus are my two favorites that I have so far. Um, but that obviously very much could change. We just don't have insights into a lot of characters yet. So we have, you know, we know about them. We know who they are, but we only have insights into like two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine of them, right? 
they're all two like two people and yeah. then one that's three people right yeah two four six seven yeah, eight nine two, yeah it'd be like two two three two is what we have right now yeah so you know we we just don't we just don't have a lot of um inside in into the minds yet but uh, i imagine next book we will have lots of povs so that is very exciting uh to explore uh obviously i really like these books um and jess i have to ask you the same question um we're four books in now are you where are you i loved the political background of this fourth book i really did um, I still think, I think I have to reread Electric Idol because I still think Psyche and Eros are my favorite couple. Um, but, you know, Apollo, Apollo was good in this book. Apollo was very good. I loved their relationship. I don't know if they're my favorite couple or if I just loved their relationship dynamic. I think that's, that's a fair, like I've done one read through so far. Laura, this is your second one, right? Yeah, I would say I didn't get to my 2.5 rereads. Maybe I got to like 2.15. Oh, yes. But like, I think that I think it's fair to say that I'm like, I don't know if it's like, do I like I like their relationship or do I like them as a couple? Because I really loved both. Like, I love the relationship and them as a couple in um, for Psyche and Eros. So. So thanks for joining us. Um, feel free to follow us on Instagram, Acafe Podcast. We're also both on TikTok, Acafe Laura and Acafe Jessica. And if you feel ever so kind to rate us on any of your social listening platforms, we'd be greatly appreciated. Thanks so much. And we'll talk to you all soon. Bye. Bye.